Today on CityCast Philly, another child is gone. According to police, five teenagers were leaving a football scrimmage Tuesday afternoon when at least two gunmen ambushed them outside of Roxborough High School. 14-year-old Nicholas Elizalde of Havertown was killed. The four other teens suffered injuries and are expected to recover. But this happened outside of a school and after an activity that is meant to keep kids safe. As a Philadelphian, this hurts to see young people experience this again. And as a mom, this hurts. And my thoughts and prayers go out to Nicholas's family. So on today's episode, I'm going to talk to a student who actually goes to Roxborough High School and someone who works with young people to create programming to keep them safe. It's Thursday, September 29th, 2022. I'm Trinae Nuri, and this is CityCast Philly. Kendra Van DeWater is the co-founder and executive director of Youth Empowerment for Advancement Hangout, or Yeah Philly, which provides services for teens in the evenings when violence is most prevalent. And Monet Seidel is a current student at Roxborough High School. Kendra and Monet both are joining me on Zoom. How are y'all doing? How you feeling, Monet? A little stressed, but in there. Same. I, I feel the same. Um, same. Feeling like we have to deal with the same things every day and there's not a lot being done about it. What are those things that you're dealing with? Shootings at schools, shootings at rec centers people just being shot, younger kids doing shootings, being shot every day. And Monet, this happened at your high school. Is this something that you've experienced before? So close? No, not really. Like, I've, I've heard I heard gunshots before, but like, no, no, not that close. In the neighborhood, of course, but never at like a school. And for me, I mean... Not at my school. My school was was different. My school felt like it was safe when I was growing up. So things are very different now. I also didn't go to a city school. But yeah, I deal with this in the neighborhood all the time. Somebody just got shot in front of my house a couple of weeks ago. Hmm. I'm sorry to hear that. Kendra, I'm a mom. I have two kids and they're in after school activities and this incident happened while children were at, at an after-school activity. And, you know, we, we, we put our kids in these types of environments to protect them, to keep them safe. But when something like this happens, especially at a school after, you know, we're hoping that they come home, I mean, it feels like they're not safe. So what can parents do? So I think first, a lot of students, like we're at a school right now doing a training on conflict resolution and the school wants their own mediation program. So we're training young people. But a lot of the students always say that they don't have people to talk to or they don't talk about these things that happen in school Mm. that, you know, they may have one counselor at a school and they're very busy. So a lot of times parents should be talking to their kids about these things, even though it's uncomfortable. They should be knowing, you know, what's going on at the school. They should be talking with the school, too, because a lot of times I think 
places feel like they don't want certain information to get out because people will say, oh, that place is unsafe now. My kids shouldn't go there. But the reality is these are the things that cities deal with. So we have to talk about them and we have to figure out how to best keep our kids safe. So I would definitely say start by having these conversations more because we're not having them enough. Monet, do you have some similar feelings or do you think that you have enough people to that you can talk to about these types of things? I definitely feel like I have enough people to talk to, but in school, after a situation like this happened, because at my school one time, we had somebody bring a gun to the school and we were on lockdown, but the counselors don't really, didn't really do nothing, but like, oh, if you need to talk, we're here. Or like, I don't feel like I'm comfortable with one of my counselors, but I feel like none of the teachers really like reacted to and especially because the school, we they they just sent they tried to send us back to school today, right after they happened yesterday, and I feel like they're they're not really doing anything. What do you want them to do? I feel like a lot of kids at that football game, and a lot of kids seen it, and they just tried to send us back to school the next day. And I feel like they need to have somebody come in and talk to us, like on a serious note, because that was traumatizing. Mm-hmm. That's honestly just traumatizing. Monet, do you feel safe to go to school? Honestly, I I went I go to school in Roxborough. I live in West Philadelphia and I go to school in Roxborough. It's supposed to be safe and honestly, after school programs is kind of it's probably it probably will make me nervous traveling after school. Speaking of after school programs, uh Kendra, can you tell me a little bit about the programs you offer at Yeah Philly? <laughs> Yes, yeah, so we are in West Philly and we work with young people ages 15 to 24. We're open from 2 to 10, Monday through Friday. And on weekends, we may do trips or trainings, but we have different components. So young people, they can come in and cook dinner. They can play PlayStation. They can be in the music studio. They can do nothing if they want to. But we also have the structured portions to where, you know, we have therapists and counselors. We have academic tutors. So young people come in for tutoring. We have groups related to skills and life. And we have people who you can come in and you can sit and get a job. You can go through our job program. We have a court and intensive court support program to where young people are getting out of the legal system who've been in the legal system for most of their young lives. So we just have a lot of different things that's tailored specifically to a population of young Black people who are often left out of programs or silenced. Monet, what do you like about Yeah Philly? I like that it's it's like a second home to me, honestly. It's like a second family. I like that I could come there and be myself and I could always have someone to talk to and I feel comfortable. And I have I go to tutoring, I do the counseling and I do the um the therapy. So I feel like honestly, it's comforting. It's like a second home. It is a second home. Mm. I also like that they stay open till uh, Monday through Friday because the rec centers used to close early and I like that they stay open a little later and feel comfortable leaving from the mm-hmm. What would you like the city to do more of? I feel like the city can make schools easier to go to. I feel like waking up in the morning, especially when we started school in the beginning of the school year, it was hot. I feel like the city can make schools easier to want to go to. I feel like they should make it a better place, a safer place. The lunches are terrible. It's hot or it's too cold. 
the teachers aren't always as good. I, like if I'm sitting in the hallway, yes, I, I chose to sit in the hallway, but they also will walk by, just speak to me, keep going. It's never a stop. Why aren't you in class? Where's your pass? You should go to class. Um, it's never nothing. They, I feel like the teachers isn't there enough. They don't acknowledge that we're in the hall and doing the wrong thing. Or I feel like the city could just honestly invest more into schools and actually listen to the teenagers or what they need in the schools and make us want to go to school more. Kendra, what about for you? I mean, for me, a lot of what our program does is intentional. So we invest a lot of money in just young people in general, individually, in communities. The city should be doing more investment. A lot of what we talk about related to gun violence is because there are neighborhoods that have never been invested in just in general. So we think about the poverty. We think about you know, the schools and Monet is right. She should not be going to a school that's 100 degrees inside and expected to learn information. She should not be going to a school that only has two black teachers in it with majority of kids being black. So these things are purposeful. I think initiatives like, you know, uh, Sharif El-Mekki trying to get more black teachers into schools more long-term, yes. that's definitely a long-term investment. That's something that should be invested directly in and not focus so much on, you know, oh, we just have a workshop or we're tabling an event. Those things, I'm not saying, you know, they may not be important sometimes, but those are not long-term investments. We should be investing in mental health and social workers and counselors because our young people need so much social and emotional support. And we don't think that it's important, important in terms of money. And we should be investing more money into things that young people and just our communities need in general. So I know a lot of times people hear these stories and it's just like, huh, and then they kind of move on. But this is so close to home for y'all. How do you just kind of wrap your head around it and, and, and keep living? I mean, the reality is, it's hard, right? But we do this work for a reason. We don't we don't advertise everything we do or announce everything we do, but majority of the young people in our program have been shot multiple times. These are things that why we believe in long-term investment in people, right? Like we are a space to where we've built the trust of even if someone has committed violence, they are able to come to us and say, this is what's happening. This is how we need help. Can we have help from y'all? So we get through it because we see the successes in our program. We're, we're having people thrive who said that they've never had the opportunity to do things until they've been in this program. And I think you have to focus on that individual success and how, you know, even, even before we moved to our building, we just got our building probably almost a year and a half ago. And there were people being killed on that block all the time. Wow. And since we've been there, our neighbors, they acknowledge you make this area safer. We haven't had problems around here since you all came. And that's why we tie gun violence to community investment. So we have to keep thinking about the young people. We do help. We're a drop in the bucket. We probably only serve about 400 young people a year. And we are working on scaling and expanding. But we think about we have created a second family 
for people. Like this is a family environment and we have people come and be themselves who say that nobody has ever cared about them before until they've come to this program. So that's what keeps us hopeful because we see what the impact is every day. Kendra and Monet, thank you so much for joining me on CityCast Really today. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much for having us. Dr. Tony Watlington Sr., the superintendent of the School District of Philadelphia, released this statement in response to the shooting. The School District of Philadelphia is heartbroken and angered by the shooting today outside of Roxborough High School, which tragically impacted five youth and tragically took the life of one. Our thoughts and prayers are with the families, friends, and school communities of all of the students that have been impacted by this horrific incident. He later says that the district's emergency crisis response team and a school-based team of social workers and counselors will be on site to support students and staff. He also says, quote, the ongoing gun violence in our city is absolutely unacceptable. And here's what else Philly's talking about. Just hours before the shooting at Roxborough High School on Tuesday, Councilmember at large Isaiah Thomas released a list of recommendations to prevent gun violence in the city. These recommendations include regular in-person community engagement in the city's most impacted zip codes, more transparent crime data reporting from the DA's office and the police, and more investment in victim protection and witness services. Councilmember Kenyatta Johnson's retrial for federal bribery charges began this week. The previous jury for this case was unable to come to a unanimous verdict. So Johnson and his wife, who's also being charged, are going back to court. According to the Inquirer, if Johnson and his wife are convicted, they face up to 20 years in prison and Johnson would have to give up his seat on city council. And on a lighter note, this weekend is the third annual S'morefest Music Festival. There's going to be over 50 artists performing and DJ spinning down at the lawn in University City. For more information, go to s'morefestmusicfestival.com. I'll be out there enjoying some good vibes and free s'mores. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. Our lead producer is Alexandra McMahon. Our producer is Abby Fritz. Our newsletter editor is Brittany Valentine. And I'm your host, Trinae Nuri. Music is by Philly's own Interminable. Thanks so much for listening to the show. We'd love for you to tell one person to start listening to. Remember, we've got more stories and events in our morning newsletter, Hey Philly. Have a great weekend. Please be safe. And we'll be back Tuesday with more news from around the city. Bye.